0: Save your seat now at com. That's growandemaiallist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass.
1: If you have some more wiggle room in your mindset when it comes to the inner product and know, you know, I gave it my best, I had this commitment to excellence, still wasn't perfect, but that's okay. That framework helps with my mental well being.
0: With each new conversation I have on this podcast, one big fact is driven home again and again. The path to each individual's version of success is not a straight one. There are loops and dips and swirls and backtracks. Never once has a journey looked like a steady vertical incline from point A to point B. My guest for this episode has learned to embrace the roller coaster ride towards her successes, but it didn't always come easy. After attending Stanford and Harvard Law School, Ashley Menzies' Babatunde had to combat her struggle with perfectionism and defining herself by her accomplishments. After her first big professional failure, she began to question everything. Now, Ashley is on a mission to share the human stories behind the highlights through her podcast, No Straight Path. So in this conversation, we're talking about the nonlinear journey to achieving our dreams, the curse of perfectionism, navigating your winning season, and what really defines who we are. Hint, we're more than just our career accomplishments. Let's dive on in with Ashley. Do I have a new podcast recommendation for you? If you like the Gold Digger podcast, you'll love tuning into Content is Profit, hosted by Luis and Fonzie Camejo, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Discover the secrets and strategies on how your business can achieve the frictionless sale. Luis and Fonzie dig into frameworks, strategies, tactics, and feature special guests to bring you all the information you need in order to turn your content into profit. They tackle topics like five things that you should do to grow your podcast and how to leverage trends to generate attention and answer questions like, what does it mean to stand out in the marketplace? How can you rise above the noise and help others with your offers? If you need a new show to add to your lineup, listen to Content is Profit wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I am so excited for today's guest, a member of the HubSpot Podcast Network and someone who I got to be in conversation with not too long ago. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Okay. So you have to fill me in with a podcast titled No Straight Path. I have to ask you, and maybe this is cheesy, but everyone asked me how I was really, I have to ask you where your path began. Like, did it follow the trajectory that you imagined for yourself? Walk me through your own path and then we'll dive on into more details.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I always say it did until it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I will start out by saying that I just was born intense, I think. I think I was born an overachiever. <laughs> and one story that my family loves to tell is that when I was about three or four years old, I would have a complete like breakdown, meltdown when I colored outside of the lines. Mm. And Yeah, crazy. And my cousins, you know, they would go to the next activity, fine, color outside the line, move to the next. But no, it was a whole thing for me. And I started to realize that this is perhaps a metaphor for my trajectory in my life. When I am coloring outside the lines or moving outside the lines that I have set for myself, that can be very frustrating and challenging. And I think it has to be, I think it's actually related also to the fact that I set goals for myself very early. So in addition to this whole coloring outside the lines thing, I also wrote a letter to myself at the age of 10, where I put all of my goals down and that included going to Stanford and going to Harvard and also becoming an attorney. And those were all things that I actually achieved. But once I hit those roadblocks and those setbacks, that was really challenging because I just mm-hmm. thought, you know, I can just, I wrote it in my letter. I can just go and do it. Yes. <laughs> So I grew up with really supportive parents. I have my dad's family, they're from Diana. So there definitely was this immigrant Caribbean influence in my life. And then my mom's family is from Arkansas and Mississippi. So there's this Southern black influence, but I had a lot of support growing up, which was really amazing. And so there really wasn't any pressure because I think people think sometimes I talk about my immigrant story and they think, oh, was there so much pressure from your family to succeed? Is this why, you know, you're like this? And I was like, no, I was born Mm -hmm. (laughs) intense. That's just me. (laughs) It was not my family. They were confused when I talked about, when I colored outside of the lines and I had the meltdown and they were supportive when I wrote the letter to myself at the age of 10. But it was really a family that said, go and chase your dreams and we're here to support you. And so I'm super, super grateful for that.
0: So what did you do when you kind of hit those roadblocks? Because here's the thing. One thing I love about you and your show is you don't want to just talk about the before and show the after. You kind of live and navigate through the messy middle with your guests, with their stories. What about yours? What did that look like for you? Absolutely. So
1: yes, I said it did until it didn't. So I think it did for much of my life. I worked hard and was able to achieve goals. So they wasn't easy, right? And I'm sure you can relate to this. Most of your goals are not easy to achieve, but I always knew if I put the work in, I would get the end result that I wanted. And that happened for most of my life until I actually failed the bar exam. Mm -hmm. And that was my big first professional failure. And that kind of really just shook my world up at the time. yeah. And it took some time to figure out, okay, how am I going to get over this? So I I certainly studied again and, and did all the things I did from a professional perspective to get over that hump. But I also just had to take a look at myself and reflect and look at my value system, because Mm -hmm. why am Mm -hmm. I so shaken by this? Why am I experiencing anxiety, depression, things I hadn't really experienced before? And I realized it was because I was tying my self-worth and my value to my accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I also was tying it to my failure. And I remember thinking at the time, and it sounds so crazy to say this now, but I thought that my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, would leave me. I was like, you're not going to leave me because I failed the bar exam. I thought my friends would stop talking to me. And it's because I just thought like my self-worth was what I did in this world. Mm -hmm. I thought my self-worth was tied to what I did in this world. And once I was able to kind of release that and realize that my value was actually tied more to my humanity and those qualities that helped me overcome the failure and achieve the successes like the grit and the resilience and the passion, those things never leave you. That's when I started to realize, okay, that's what's most
0: important, those innate qualities. How did you? This is so relatable, Ashley. And I was actually just talking to one of my really good friends, Amy Porterfield, and she had just taken a sabbatical, and it was her first time of like really stepping away from her business in the last, you know, decade. And she said, I had to figure out like who I was outside of what I did. And she said, it was really uncomfortable for me because I think a lot of us are just like you, where it's like our worth is found in our contribution, in our output, in our creativity, in our performance. And so do you have any advice on like how to even just face that reality, not even get over it, but just maybe be honest that a lot of us might be doing that very same thing. Yeah,
1: I think that when you're able to have the time and space to separate yourself from those things, that's when you start to realize who you really are. I think one thing that has been really helpful for me is journaling. Just Mm. journaling your journey and seeing what comes up organically and naturally as you talk about yourself and your life, it's gonna start to reveal what's most important to you outside of the work that you do. I also think like having hobbies. I know this sounds crazy. Yes. Remember? No,
0: that's not crazy at all. Play, bring back play. <laughs> yes.
1: I remember being in an Uber a couple of years ago and usually I'm used to the Uber driver saying, how are you? What do you do for work? Yes. And this Uber driver said, how are you? What do you do for fun?
0: Mm.
1: and I was
0: shaken Jenna I was like oh god I don't know I don't know do anything I work <laughs> I and I sleep <laughs> oh exactly. isn't that wild there's a story in my book about that where it was like during COVID and Drew and I we were driving home from our lake house And it's like a two and a half hour drive. We were talking about one of our friends and we were like, I wonder what she does like outside of work and motherhood. And I was like, what do I do outside of work and motherhood? And it was kind of like this realization of like, oh, like we don't play for the sake of playing anymore. And like, for me, my kids have really brought out a different side of me that like has reintroduced a lot of play. Drew and I kind of often joke that like being a parent is really like reliving your childhood through someone else's eyes, but I couldn't agree more. I feel like when your worth is tied, you're output, how can you do things for the pure enjoyment of just like enjoying the actual art of doing something?
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think that play, we don't have kids yet, but and I'm excited for that one day, but yes. we definitely have brought back play in our household just through the pandemic. We did a lot of like those zoom games and then we just kept it up and I just I just love it. I think it's so fun. I do a lot more reading. That was something else that helped me when I took some time off to kind of get yeah. to know myself. I just read for fun. Just what do yes. I want to read yes. for pleasure? Yes,
0: yes. Oh my gosh, that's like honestly that's all I've read in the last few years. Even while writing my own book, I only read for fun and I listen to audiobooks that help me like dig deeper or learn something. But every night when I'm winding down, I'm like I need to read something that's fun or else my brain just turns back on. <laughs> like <laughs> I can't do that. Okay, so let's talk about perfectionism because this is something that I think you've hinted at and something that I see a lot in myself and even in my daughter, but In what ways did perfectionism hold you back?
1: Yeah, so I would say that it held me back by making me less efficient. It slows Mm, you down, right? Because when you're trying to get everything perfect, you're going to go back a million times and it's going to slow you down and you're going to get into the weeds. And so I definitely think I always have to take a step back when my perfectionism is taking over. And even when it comes to the podcast, it's like, I will re-record things and, and even start an interview and say, you know what, maybe this wasn't where we were trying to go. So let's redo this. And there's just a balancing act there, right? Because I still need to create this product and everything doesn't have to be perfect because life isn't perfect and nothing is perfect. And so what I like to do now is challenge myself and change the framing. So really I try to move with the goal of having more of a commitment to excellence as opposed to perfectionism. And this commitment to excellence says, Hey, I'm committed to putting out a great work product, I'm committed to, you know, honing my craft, but it doesn't have to be perfect. And I think that really helps me because the other thing that perfectionism does to me is, it also has a negative impact on my mental well being. And I think right because it's just like that disappointment when things don't turn out exactly how you envisioned it. It really can get you down. And I think if you have some more wiggle room in your mindset when it comes to the inner product and know, you know, I gave it my best. I had this commitment to excellence. still wasn't perfect, but that's okay, That framework helps with my mental well-being.
0: Oh, that is so powerful. I was listening to this meditation the other day, and there's just this notion that was spoken about that I like loved. And it was talking about how a lot of times in life, we try to like, let go of things like whether it's perfectionism or these certain dreams or these massive goals or things. And the whole meditation was about loosening the grip. So it was like, don't let these things go, but what if you could just loosen your grip, like give things more room to breathe, like breathe more life back into your life. And I like loved that because I'm like, a lot of times you're not going to just let go of being a perfectionist, right? Like that's actually a trait that's probably gotten you very far as well. But what if we could just loosen the grip? So in that same breath, has perfectionism served you well? Like how has it helped you? Because I have to imagine that your achievement and your excellence is also brought on by this desire to do things perfectly.
1: Definitely, and that's so true. I was talking to my therapist about this recently, and she was like, "Yeah, you're not going to get rid of your yes. perfectionism tendencies. So, yes. nor should you,
0: though. Nor yeah. should
1: you. <laughs> exactly. She's like, it's a part of you. You just have to manage it. And we did talk about some of the benefits, actually, of it. And I, I do think it's really served me well in most aspects of my life when it comes to my career. So when it comes to my career as an attorney, especially just that attention to detail, that commitment to excellence, that perfectionism is really important because our clients, they're paying us a lot of money (laughs) to do things for them. (laughs) And so that is very helpful. And there is a pretty high standard. So me going over that document another time Mm -hmm. actually is very helpful for my career. And it's encouraged And I would say it's also helpful with the podcast. Like I really want to put stories out there that I'm proud of. So I'm not going to rush the process. I am going to go back. I am going to think about the most important things that are going to really inspire people and make sure I edit, you know, the story in that way. Mm -hmm. And so that is important. I think it's been very helpful.
0: Talk to me about starting your podcast because a lot of our listeners here are doing a job. You know, they've either created their own business or they're working a nine to five inside hustling or they're staying home with their children, but there's something more that they want to do. How did the idea come about? What was the learning curve like in starting it? Like Walk me through that because I think it's super fascinating. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Great question. Such a whirlwind and super fun experience. So I came up with this idea quite some time ago, I think in 2018, and it actually is inspired by my bar failure story. So mm-hmm. at the time I noticed that people, especially in the legal industry and some of these more traditional industries like law, finance, medicine, you Aren't really talking about your failures. You know, aren't really talking about any setbacks. And I had to secretly talk to people. People would open up after I said, you know, I'm struggling with this bar exam issue. And then I noticed professors, I read books, I saw that Michelle Obama had to retake and Kamala Harris, people I look up to. Mm-hmm. And so that was really reaffirming and very helpful for me. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to share my story. So when I did pass the exam, I wrote a blog post that actually resonated with so many people. And I started to just talk to people and walk them through the failure and overcoming the bar exam failure specifically. And I thought, you know what, maybe I need to turn this into a podcast and not only talk about setbacks and failure, but just talk about all the human stories behind these highlights. Because some of my friends were just dealing with doubts. Some of them were dealing with pivots you know, so there were different forms of setbacks. And so that's when I decided to start the podcast. And then life happened. So that was 20, 2020, I started, and then life happened and finally got around to it. And I actually, my mom was really instrumental in helping me develop the concepts. And we talked about it all throughout that time. And during 2020 is when my mom was actually sick, diagnosed with cancer. And so it was like this really special thing for us to talk about. And I thought that in 2022, this year on her birthday, I would honor her memory. And I gave myself a timeline. I was like, okay, Mm. on mom's birthday, that's how I deal with my grief. I like to do something special for her. And so I, I'm going to put out that podcast that we talked about. And so I did, I just put out the trailer Teaser and I literally, Jenna. I did not have a plan. I had some (laughs) interviews. I love this. Yes. (laughs) I had some interviews in a repository. I talked to some friends. You know, I built up this repository of interviews. But that's really it. I hadn't looked into the business. And then this is where I talk about divine timing for me to be the universe, God, whatever you believe. Even if you don't believe in anything bigger than you, just also like luck, whatever it might be. For me, I was like, this is divine timing because. Three weeks later, HubSpot reached out to me about joining their accelerator Mm -hmm. program. And I thought, wow, I put it out during that time. And so from there, it was a whirlwind. Right. Yeah. So I remember on your show. Now you really got to no, do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a whole you're contract. Like, hey, mom, thanks for the God wink. And now I have to follow through.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because oh. I remember you said uh, when you came on my show a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and you were like, you're an entrepreneur. And I said, yes. Oh, man, I am. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> you're right. I have to embrace it. At first, I was just trying. I was like, no, this is just my passion project. But now it's actually turned into something a lot greater and bigger. And I'm producing content every week. It's been so amazing. and telling stories, connecting with people, connecting with my audience. And so my advice to people is if you do have a side passion, put it out there, do nice. it because you just don't know what can come from it. And nice. great things usually do.
0: It's October. And you know what that means? It means sweaters and pumpkin spice lattes. And it also probably means that you're in the final stretch of your fiscal year. And in this interesting economic climate, you're also probably thinking about how to best optimize things like budgets, strategies, and operations in 2023. But let's be honest, no one wants the best probable solution to deal with whatever comes next. You want the best solution, period. Whatever stage your business is in, HubSpot CRM platform is ready to scale with you at the flip of a metaphorical switch. With totally customizable hubs, HubSpot has thousands of apps that you can easily integrate, use, or get rid of whenever you need them or don't. Plus, transparent costs and an intuitive interface means there are no fancy frills to hide behind. That's because HubSpot isn't here to probably grow your business. It's here to help you grow your business, period. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Isn't it so cool? And here's the thing too, if we think about it, if you would have waited until you had the perfect plan, the perfect intro, the perfect cover art, all of those things, you probably would have never done it, right? And so it's like such a beautiful you know, story because it's like imperfect action and just like putting things down as a deadline. I know for me, right before my book came out, someone had said to me something that just stuck with me and they were like, it's called a book release for a reason. And it's like, you're finally just releasing it out into the world because for so many artists and creators and perfectionists, it's like we could nitpick, we could edit, we could do 18 rounds of something before we ever wanted to put it out. And we probably never would put it out. And so if somebody's listening right now and you're sitting on this idea or this dream or this content or this notion, like get it out there. Like Ashley's story is proof of this, of like how imperfect action actually leads to like real progress. I mm-hmm. want to know how do you consider or define success for yourself these days? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So that is a question that I ask all of my guests. And now, because I've listened to so many people's definitions, I have so much to say. So I will boil it down to a few things. I would say number one, it's meaning and purpose. And that's meaning and purpose in my professional life and in my personal life. And it can show up in different ways, but that has to be there. I also think that financial stability and security is really important. It's something I've been able to establish in my legal career. And so now I'm excited to see what I can do in the podcast and creator space. So I probably need to talk to you, Jenna, about that and join all of your classes because
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got you. Yes.
1: And the other thing is time and freedom. And that's something I noticed just even now since we've had this pandemic and just this generational change when it comes to our relationship with work, people want to be free, including me. And Mm -hmm. even remote work has just opened up the door for me to have more freedom. And so that allows me to the time to really pour into my relationships, to pour into my hobbies, the things that I really love to do. And so I really need to be able to have a certain amount of time to do that. And Another thing that's new to my definition of success since I started podcasting is doing what I love for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone can do this. I think we can always figure out how to do what we love and get that in our life. So I certainly think that's important. But now the doors are opening where I'm able to generate income and do what I love and that's storytelling. And so that's a new part of my definition of success. And the final thing that we talked about is just like, what does success feel like? Yes. And for me, it's, it's being happy with who I am and how I'm showing up in the world every day. And that's someone who is excited and energetic and kind and calm, as opposed to stressed and exhausted. And I know there are stressful moments, but how am I managing that stress? So really showing up as like my happy, joyous self is really mm.
0: important. I love that. And I think too, it's it's wild to look at a journey and be like, I used to think this was it. And now I know. I think that's what's so beautiful about growing up. Do you consider yourself right now, be honest, in a season of winning? And if so, how is it? And if not, how are you navigating it?
1: Yeah, so yes, I am <laughs> yes,
0: you are,
1: yeah. It's been so great. It's been so fun and exciting. I will say so. There were about six weeks of this season of winning where I felt like I was failing at everything. Tell me more. And yeah, and you were. I think Jenna, we had a conversation, and I was probably yep. week four. I think I was week yep. four in. <laughs>
0: you were in the thick of I was it. In it. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I just felt like I was failing at everything because I was being pulled in so many different directions. And so even though the directions were all positive and great things, it's like the volume, the volume of anything can be too much and lead to burnout. And so specifically my situation at the time was that I was wedding planning, which is finally coming up almost out of that. And that's a lot of work. And then I was also getting more responsibility on my cases at my job. So I was getting essentially promoted in a specific role as an attorney and leading the cases, which takes on a lot more time, but it's also a great thing, things that I've wanted, I've asked for. And then the final thing was this amazing podcast that I have now with a lot of opportunities that are coming from that. And so I was like, huh, ah, waking up stressed yeah. <laughs> and excited and overwhelmed, but it was just a lot. And so I thought, okay, how am I going to navigate this season? And what I did is your conversation helped because you said something, you said, we talked about momentum and the lie of momentum and how, especially ambitious women feel like they have to say yes to everything, mm-hmm. but we have to remember the, those, you know, innate qualities that we have, those things got us those opportunities and they'll always be there. Yes. And so it made me think, okay, let me look at my life. Let me take inventory and You also said something about you can put Mm -hmm. your foot on the brake pedal because you know where the gas pedal is. And I thought, okay, first of all, love that. (laughs) Yes. I love that. And then I was like, okay, my legal career, I know what the gas pedal looks like there. I've been doing this for a bit. I've been able to achieve in this space. Let me see if I can put the brake pedal here. Yeah. Where in my podcasting space, this is all new. I kind of want to keep going. I want to mm-hmm. keep my foot on the gas pedal here and let me see if I can do that. And so because of the legal industry is changing and corporate America is changing in general and sabbaticals are becoming more accepted, I talked to leadership of my firm and I explained to them my situation. I said, "Hey, can I take a sabbatical? Yeah. <laughs> I want to focus on this podcast." and I got the okay. So, mm. I am going to be wrapping up my cases very soon and focusing on the podcast and that's giving me the time and space to really enjoy this winning season and so I'm just so excited because I don't think I would have thought to do that. I talked to my aunt, I talked to you, I talked to a few other friends and I was like, "All right, sabbatical's got to be the the way."
0: <laughs> that is amazing, Ashley. And you know, I think this is such a great Reminder for so many of us because both of us, when we talked, like I was in the thick of book promotion. So it was like all of these wonderfully good and exciting things. And you were telling me about your promotion, and, and you were like, This is what I wanted. This is what I asked for. And I was like, But is now the right time? And I think for a lot of us, it's like, This is such a beautiful thing because so many of us feel ungrateful when we're not feeling fulfilled or energetic or aligned because we have so many good things happening, but too much of good is hard too. Right. And it's like, we discount, it's like, we almost downplay our, our stress or our anxiety or like feeling overstretched because we're like, I should be, thankful for this like who am i to like not be grateful and you can be grateful while simultaneously like protecting your time and your peace and so way to go that's amazing you should be so proud of yourself
1: thank you thank you so much yeah
0: thank you i appreciate that i am excited i am proud well and i think too it's, it's beautiful because your job and your career it's not going anywhere And just like the timing of your life with the bar exam or with the podcast, like that is just showing like your belief in yourself and your abilities, but also your belief in the timing for your life. And I just think that is a really great reminder for all women, but especially for ambitious women.
1: I completely agree. And there was one other just reaffirming thing that happened, which is so crazy. It happened yesterday. I had my end of the year review. And so the partners have just been so busy. And so we're, we're having my 2021 review now. <laughs>
0: Halfway I know. through, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: So we kind of, I went out on a bang when it comes to you know, the sabbatical because it was so reaffirming. My reviews were really great. And the partner said, you know what? We hope you come back. And if you do, we want you on this team and we want you doing this work and so that was just affirmation that really this opportunity isn't going anywhere because yes. they just told me
0: yes isn't that cool too? Because they probably see how driven you are. And like, that is like inspiring in and of itself for a leader to be like, wow, look at, she's like confident to go out on her own. So stinking cool. I love yeah. it. I love this for you. I want to know, like, so doing your podcast and kind of, you know, putting more energy and time into it. Like what is something that you wish other people knew or understood about podcasting? Cause this world, it seems really simple, but it's actually really complicated complex and a lot of work?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that there's a business side to it that I did not realize. I think I went in like my bread and butter and just my talent is really the content creation. I know how to put together a story. I love it. I was, you know, did journalism in college. Like this is just something I do. I tell stories as an attorney, but the business and the marketing side is actually a lot of work. And I think that in order to really be successful, you need to be invested in it as a creator. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted more time and space because the person who's going to care about your brand the most is you. So Mm -hmm. you really need to understand the content that you're putting out. How is it resonating with listeners? Like Looking at the data. Like looking at talking, you need to really get out there also and talk to other people who have done this before, making the time to understand what might stick. Like there's so many moving parts. And although just getting the content side down even took quite some time, the business side is a whole nother thing you need to really conquer because you can have the greatest podcast in the world. But if no one hears it except you and your mom and dad, that might be great, actually. (laughs) But if you want to inspire more people, you have to figure out how to get your message out there. And Mm. that has been a really steep learning curve for me. But it's been a lot of fun. Jenna, it's hilarious. People, the HubSpot team will talk about impressions. I I was like, what's an impression? It's literally (laughs) a new language for me. So I've been doing all the reading and learning and it's been a lot of fun, but there's a lot of work associated with it.
0: Oh my gosh. This is such a good reminder though, too, is like for anyone that's creating anything, so much time is spent in the actual creation, but we don't recognize that if we don't have a solid marketing plan or strategy behind it, no one will enjoy the actual work, right? Like you have to get it in front of people. You have to get people to download it or purchase it or whatever that is. And so That's why for me, it's like I love working with people who are so passionate about the medium that they're creating in, but inspiring them to figure out like the background, the framework, the system, the strategy so that their work can be enjoyed as it is intended to. So I totally agree. It's like a whole new ballgame, isn't it? It is. It is. But I'm ready to play. I'm ready. That's right. She is. That's (laughs) right. She is. Ashley, where can everybody find out more about you, learn about you, listen to No Straight Path? Give us all the places to connect.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, the first thing is really just wherever you listen to podcasts, you can go to No Straight Path and download some episodes. You can even take a listen to our episode where I interview jenna so which is a great one you can also find me on instagram at miss menzies ms underscore m-e-n-z-i-e-s and also it's connected to my no straight path instagram handle so no straight path n-o underscore straight underscore path and yeah let's just connect and also i'm online i'm on linkedin ashley menzies babatunde you can google me i'm there amazing
0: <laughs> Ashley, I am so grateful to be a part of the network with you. I am so excited to watch your journey unfold. And I am so inspired by this conversation today. Way to take action in so many places. And that action is so crazy inspiring.
1: Thank you. Such a pleasure chatting with you, Jenna.
0: How many of you have heard the phrase done is better than perfect? And how many of you really struggle with it? I think this conversation with Ashley was so inspiring and enlightening because she exemplifies what it means to kind of loosen the grip on perfectionism, to leverage it in the ways that will accelerate you forward, but to loosen the grip on the ways that it's holding you back. I hope that you are inspired by Ashley. I hope that you recognize that no path is straight. And I hope that today you feel propelled forward in the direction of your dreams. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals and stay the course. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast